0: But your battle today is for self-respect that's your battle today you need to be able to do that on the daily because a year is a long time and it can be kind of overwhelming to look at gosh i'm going to try to sell eight hundred thousand dollars this year that's a lot no 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 win today be in integrity with yourself be enthusiastic be energetic be powerful be passionate and have respect for yourself to do what you say you were going to do and then the money will follow but it follows those behaviors
1: The voice you just heard is Adam Sobieski, Cutco's North American trainer for the CGC, or Closing Gift Consultant program. Adam personally developed this program into record-setting results in 2014, and has since been leveraging his influence by helping others to grow this program throughout North America. CGC sales reached $14.5 million in 2020, and are projected at over $20 million in 2021 but that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of potential for this program. In this conversation, Adam shares his success factors for business and life and his vision for the future of the CGC business in Cutco Vector. This is a truly exciting opportunity that some of you listening may be able to jump into. I know you'll enjoy this inside look into this facet of the Cutco sales business with Adam Sobieski. and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm really fired up about today because I have Adam Sobieski here, who I've had the good fortune of working with in the Western region for a number of years. He started selling Cutco in 2004 while going to college at Gonzaga University, Graduated in 2007, and Adam began building what is called the CGC, or Closing Gift Consultant Business. This is where we sell Cutco primarily to realtors and lenders as a recurring gift. Uh, Adam was the number one rep in the company in 2010, broke the all-time record with $374,000 in sales. He exploded that record up in 2014. To $706,000 in sales. At that point, Adam shifted his focus to maintaining reorders from his CGC business, but also building a CGC team and becoming the national CGC trainer for all of Cutco. Over the last five years, Adam has averaged $370,000 just in reorders, and his team actually generated $1.5 million in sales in 2020. Adam has used the lifestyle of the CGC business to be able to build a fantastic life for himself. He has accumulated 31 rental properties, creating a passive income for himself uh, and his family. He and his wife just had their first baby in October. Penny joined uh, the Sobieski family. And so uh, Adam has a lot of great value to share today. You are in for a treat. Adam Sobieski, thank you and welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. I appreciate All right. it.
1: Yeah. Take us back to 2004, Adam, and tell us a little bit about how you got started selling Cutco.
0: So it really started in 2003. So 2003, that summer, I was working at a pizza place in Encinitas called Olio's Pizza, uh, working about 8 to 10 hours a week, cooking pizzas on Friday and Saturday nights, sleeping in, Kind of living the lazy summer dream, and uh, my best buddy from high school at the time, Evan Keller, uh, top DVM in the company, was like, "Hey man, you should sell Cutco. You know, I'm going to make ten thousand dollars in six weeks working this summer." And I'm like, "Yeah, you can take that scam. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into that. And uh, you know, I'm not not going to do that." And sure enough, uh, you know, he made ten thousand bucks in six weeks. And the following summer, I got interested. So basically, in two thousand four. You know, I still wasn't, I'm like, ah, Cutco, my parents were, they support me, but they weren't a huge, like, Hey, you should do the knife thing. And so I applied at Legoland for $7 and 25 cents an hour, uh, Costco, which was the big money at the time. You remember Costco, 10 bucks an hour. That was like, if you got a job at Costco, that was it. You're raking in 10 bucks an hour back in those times, 2004, that was big money and, uh, applied for a job at Costco did good in the interview. And then I called them every single day for about 6 or 7 days to see if I got the job. Finally got a call back from the manager saying, Hey, you're being a little overly persistent and pushy. You're making some people uncomfortable here and we can't hire you. And so sure enough, I went in for the Cutco interview the following weekend and uh, didn't have to wait that long. They hired me and uh, the rest is history. So
1: denied, denied by Costco, but you got into Cutco.
0: That's right. I was too uh, too persistent for Costco. <laughs>
1: Apparently,
0: I was some people the wrong way.
1: <laughs> That's an awesome story. Tell yeah. us about some of your early experiences with the company, Adam.
0: Yeah. So my first summer, two thousand four. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> you're too na- naive to kind of know the difference, right? So not knowing the difference, I followed the manual and did the lines and did the appointments and showed up and plugged in and sold 30 grand in in six weeks and made 10,000 bucks, just like my best, he did it. So I had to do it too, right? So it's kind of like, I didn't know the difference. That was just what you were supposed to do. So I plugged in, followed the program and did it. Uh, Continued selling every summer. So then my following summer, I won All-American, sold 40 grand, used that money to send myself to Europe for a full year, which was an awesome experience. Ended up going to Africa for a full month at the end of that year, all on Cutco's uh, money that I'd earned that summer selling. And then sold Cutco again the following summer. And then we came to, uh, you know, 2007 when uh, I graduated and, you know, I was about to look for a a corporate job and find myself a cubicle to uh, get involved with. And I remember talking to my best buddy, Evan Keller at the time being like, you know, Hey, what are we going to do here? Right. It's 2007. The reset, great recession was hitting, right. There weren't a lot of jobs. And Evan was like, I don't know, man. Why don't we just sell some knives at the Delmar Fair just to make some cash, save up some money, have a good time, and see where that takes us, right? And so uh, we did that. And uh, Wes Goddard, our DVM at the time, kind of through pure force got us to go to SC1. We were out. Me and Evan were done. We were going to get, you know, I got a business degree from Gonzaga. He went to Marquette. We're like, we're not doing the knife thing anymore, right? We're going to corporate America. And sure enough, went to SC1, watched Hal Elrod give a talk about. Uh, hey, give Cutco a try for 12 months. See if you can get the Rolex. Make 100000 bucks. And I'm like, well, there's no $100,000 jobs available right now. So I guess I'll just do that. And uh, did that. And uh, in the process of doing that in 2007, the 200000 for the Rolex, that's when I started doing CGC because I met Tony Carlson at a conference. So that's the uh, the nutshell story there.
1: Yeah. So cool to hear. What were some of the lessons that you feel like you learned as you were progressing through your sales summers with Cutco?
0: What I really learned, Dan, is that the income opportunity attracted me to Cutco, obviously. you know The fact that you could make a good amount of money as a college kid uh, in such a short window of a summer was attractive. But then once I got there, I learned that it wasn't about the money at all. I didn't care about the comma checks. I didn't care about... You know, making 20 grand my second summer and paying for your. I I honestly, it almost sounds inauthentic, but it wasn't about the money. All I wanted to do was compete. It was a platform for me to compete and see what I could do, see what I was made of. Could I beat that person? Could I beat this? Could I break that push record? That's what it was about. I always found it interesting that a rep would make an extra 25 calls to get a cheese knife from their manager. I didn't care about that. I was trying to reach a potential and see what I could do uh, competitively against myself and competitively against the other reps for the summer. And so I didn't care. Like, you know, the checks got big and that was great as a college kid. But for me, it was all about, I have something to prove to myself and to others. And I want to be here to compete and be the best that I can be. And that's really what it was about for me for years. Even the first year when I did two hundred thousand, that wasn't about the money. Like, sure, the money came, but it was really about seeing what I can do, improving myself. I always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and really wanted to prove myself. And that was kind of the the motivating factor. So what I learned was that the income opportunity is great, but if you're just there for the money, that's you're not gonna make it. Like you're not gonna gonna make it as, as much as you could. But if the goal is to see what you can do to become more in the process and really to compete with others in yourself, that creates motivation that's more sustainable than just trying to get another bigger paycheck.
1: Indeed. You know, the income side of any job or any opportunity is only truly motivational up to a certain point. Once somebody has their basic necessities met and they have a little bit left for some fun stuff and, you know, do some of the things they want, that's where the motivation of, of additional income begins to wane. There's like diminishing returns after that point. Yep. And so anybody has to be able to find other things in their job that inspire them, that motivate them, right? In, uh, in you know, Daniel Pink's drive, right? He talks about autonomy, he talks about mastery, of a task, you know, and and how that's important, and then in the, competition sort of plays into that because uh, in Vector the competitive arena is pretty brutal. Like, there's a lot of great people who work in in Vector marketing that are either selling Cutco or managing, who are super talented and are producing really high results. And if you get involved in the the competitive side of the business, it can really help you elevate and bring the best out of yourself.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. And for me. A big part of it was, you know, again, I'd say like, you know, I'm not going to work hard, harder to earn a cleaver or a push trophy. For me, it was a big battle for self-respect too, in a lot of ways. You know, I know one of your favorite books is The Four Agreements. Same thing with me. And it's hard to have a lot of respect for yourself when you're constantly not living in integrity with what you say you're going to do. And so for me, one of the big battles, and this is what I train a lot of our, our CGC reps to do as well, is that, hey, making those 50 recon touches today Sure, it's about building a reorder business and having a great lifestyle and all the rest of it. But your battle today is for self-respect. That's your battle today. Because if you only make those 17 calls and it's 3.47 PM and you have that window where you can get to 50 and you don't, what's that about? Right? You're letting yourself down and that becomes a self-respect issue. Right? And so you have to make it about more. Right? And you have to be, if you're not competitive, get competitive. You know, even this podcast, Dan, you know, you find as a competitor, you find ways to make yourself get fired up for competition. So even this podcast, I've seen you have, you know, some guests on twice and I'm like, man, he hasn't even had me on once. I'm going to bring it today. I take that. <laughs> right. And so if, even though you don't mean it personally, right. Because one of the four agreements is don't take it personally. I can choose to take it personal in the moment to motivate myself, to blow it out of the water. Right. Right. Yeah. You need to be able to do that on the daily because a year is a long time and it can be kind of overwhelming to look at, gosh, I'm going to try to sell $800,000 this year. That's a lot. No, no, no. Win today, right? Be an integrity with yourself, be enthusiastic, be energetic, be powerful, be passionate and have respect for yourself to do what you say you were going to do. And then the money will follow, right? But it follows those behaviors,
1: Indeed, that was uh, some really powerful information that you just shared right there. Some awesome lessons that anyone can take and 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 utilize to become better at whatever they're doing whether it's Cutco or anything else. So you you graduated from Gonzaga in 2007. Your first full year selling Cutco, you sold 200,000, right? So you had that uh, 100k income that Hal Elrod fired you up about. And then you you took it up the, the Rolex, there you go. Uh, you took it up from there. Uh, two years later, you broke the all time company record. Uh, you really had this uh, closing gift consultant program humming. Tell us about the process of building your business over those first few years.
0: Right. So you know, 2010 Silver Cup happened because of what I did in 2007 and eight. Right where it really came 2010 Silver Cup and breaking Tony's record was in 07-08 in the Great Recession. Well, what caused that Great Recession? As we all know, it was the real estate market. Well, what was I trying to do in 2007? I was trying to sell a future supply of gifts to people that didn't even know if they were going to be in business anymore. So it was very difficult times. And I remember one pivotal week in 2007 where I had 21 in-person appointments with realtors, 21 qualified realtors. I spoke at Two Willis Allens and one Prudential. I got like ninety leads. I did twenty-one in-person appointments, and I got one sale. And the sale was for a ratchet printers for some lady who felt bad for me. I didn't even sell an engraved gift. And it was during. It was in that week where I'm like, okay, I I got two different choices here, right? I can quit because that would make a lot of sense, right? Or I can just commit to I'm going to do this no matter what, or it's going to kill me. Right. I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to eat, sleep, breathe, my heart, soul, everything, go into closing gifts, make Tony mentor me, which I don't even think he was looking for a mentee at the time. And I am going to force this reality into existence or it's going to, I'm going to die trying. And I took on that mentality. And when you take on that mentality, the universe gets out of the way, right? It's not, they're not Mm -hmm. trying to build that many roadblocks. And so, you know, had some decent success in 07, 08, 09. But then building on that, once the market started to get better in 2010, I knew that was my year to be able to break Tony's record, right? And Tony was my mentor. So it was kind of a special thing. And so that happened in 2010. And then at that point, I was like, okay, anything really is possible for me in business. And what I want to do, it's not just lip service. And okay, I guess it's possible. But I knew that because I was willing to do whatever it takes and delay gratification, I really could do whatever I wanted to do uh, in the Cutco arena and, and in the business world in general. And that momentum since 2010 has kind of come through for the last 10 years, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. What did your weeks look like as you were building your business from you know the 200K year up toward the <laughs> 700K year?
0: Yeah. So what's interesting is that they were really... You know, the part of the CGC program, the older you get, Dan, and you know this, you know, how much money you make is as relevant as how you make that money, right? And so CGC has always been a lifestyle business. As the CSPs in our company get older and older, if you've been on a rep trip lately, it's married couples with kids, right? And so not having to work evenings and weekends has become more and more alluring as the rep trips from 15 years ago were a bunch of college kids, and now it's a bunch of married people with kids. And so nine to five, five days a week, really. And then, and then you know, two thousand seven to eleven, I was working Saturdays to do my own reorder callbacks because I didn't really have an assistant uh, at that time. And you know, as I went in my career, I kind of stayed in that you know Monday through Friday, go as hard as I can. But I mean hard. I mean like there is no window of a break, right? It's like if it was four thirty p.m. and I could drive home. I would not drive home. It was not 5 p.m., so I would pull my card over and pull out my leads and make calls till five. So it was a focused because if I'm going to take that time off, I need to earn that right. And so it was a pretty, you know, intense, you know, eight to six, nine to five gig. But what's interesting is that as I went, you know, even in 2014, you talked about uh, the $700,000 year, which at the time was the all-time record. That year was exponentially easier. Than 2010 when I did 400 thousand because in 2014 I had over 400 thousand in reorders. So it was that, and I had a lot more social proof and credibility in my market. Once you hit 500 clients on the CGC program, doors start to open because now you have a reputation and a brand inside your local real estate community, and all those people know each other. So not only are you getting reorders, but now you have prospects calling you out of the blue. Now that meeting coal banker you couldn't get into you get invited into it because you have such a brand and a reputation with the community of people. So 2014, the hidden secret is that that was exponentially easier even though I sold twice as much.
1: Yeah so 500 clients is like was like a tipping point for you
0: That is the tipping point in the CGC business. That's the tipping point where you start to get reorders coming in every week right So what we're really doing is we're building more of an insurance business right? We sell you a six month or a 12 month. We have a six pay and a 12 pay now in CGC land. So we sell you a six month or a 12 month or Air Cheshire uh, up in Northern California invented our subscription program. So he, he now has clients that he gets them on the reorder program where they opt in and they're reordering for the rest of their career. And so we, we are now implementing that across North America as well. But once you hit 500 clients, that's when you start to see the reorders coming in. And we're in a, re- kind of like back in the day, Dan, You know how we say the job doesn't start until you hit FSM, FSM, right? You start making that big commission, all the rest of it. Same thing with CGC. It's really a grind the first two years because we're in a reorder business. But when you have 80 clients, you don't have a reorder business. So you don't really get how easy it is when somebody says, Hey, I need another 25 clubmates. Done. And that's a $3,000 order. And it took 10 seconds. You don't understand how that works until you get there. So the biggest thing that most people do to fail in this, which is probably most things in life, is that they stop right before they hit the finish line. They stop uh, when they have like 272 clients and they're like, "Ah, I think the reorder thing isn't really working for me or maybe it doesn't work in my market or maybe it's me. But if they had just pushed for another year and gotten to that magical tipping point, they would have had a beautiful reorder business.
1: Oh, cool. And so to build that, if for, for anybody who maybe is a Cutco rep that's not familiar with this or somebody listening who might be attracted to do this, describe a little bit about how uh, what the process is like. You, you book meetings at real estate offices to start?
0: Yeah. So basically, we, our clients are realtors and loan officers. And loan officers, another word for that is lenders, mortgage brokers, mortgage professionals. There's a lot of word. We just call them LO. LO means loan officer. Those are our clients. We're called the Realtor Program because there's just more realtors. And so essentially what we do is just like Cutco, they have sales meetings. So we go to the real estate office, the Coal Banker, Century 21, Remax, Keller Williams. We speak to their salespeople. Right now we do it obviously via Zoom in the COVID environment and we present our concept. And essentially we're just a better option. We're diverting funds. So before you and I were ever born, Dan, a realtor sold a house and they gave somebody a closing gift. This is not a new concept. This has been yeah. around for decades, right? The stat right now, according to NAR, National Association of Realtors, is $510 million. That's what realtors just in the US spend on closing gifts per year, 510 million just in the US. Now, if you mix in Canada and you mix in lenders, you're looking at about a billion dollars that's spent annually on closing gifts, okay? Now, what are most of those gifts that are given? Those gift cards, bottles of wine, Gift baskets, plants, right? How long do these gifts last for? Not all that long, right? They're typically consumed. 90% of the gifts are consumed almost immediately. And the other 10% just kind of sit on a wall or shelf and collect dust, right? Crystal base, clock, painting of the house, doormat, door knocker. It just collects dust. It never gets used. So with Cutco, we're really offering these people an opportunity to get something in their client's home that brands them because we put their info right on the product itself. And that's something the client is going to use. They get over 300 marketing touches a year forever with that client, right? Also, it's a conversation piece in the kitchen. So where do people hang out? Kitchen. It's the most used room in the home. So it's something that's out being used, especially with the red and white handles. I mean, to make this into an infomercial, but essentially just a better use of funds, right? How good is a Lowe's gift card going to do? They use it once and never again. So all we're doing is diverting funds. The challenge with selling Cutco is that that person's not necessarily going to spend $1,400 on a knife set today, whether or not I meet with them. But that agent for the year, if they're going to sell 10 houses, they are going to spend that money. We're just taking that money and diverting it to something that's more efficient and it's tax deductible, right? So you're limited to $25 by the IRS since 1963. That's the IRS client gift deduction. Because our products are branded, they get to be written off 100% as advertising. So these realtors if you're a top realtor and you sell 25 or 50 houses a year, on your P&L at the end of the year, you're spending five, six, seven thousand 7,000 bucks for that year on closing gifts and you only get to write off $25 per gift. So if you're spending money in your real estate or your mortgage business, it should be number 1, it should be tax deductible and number 2, it actually should be something that brings in repeat business. And when you give something to somebody that 5 years later they're still using every day has your info on it, that creates top of mind awareness. It creates conversation in the kitchen at the Thanksgiving dinner, holiday party. Hey, where'd you get that red spreader with oh yeah, we got that from our lender, blah, blah, blah. Five months later, hey, who's that guy we we're talking about? We're gonna refinance, boom, you get that referral versus the Lowe's gift card that nobody remembered. Right. So again, what we have is a better mousetrap. And you know, last year, the 14.5 million that we did, I mean, we're less than getting to less than one percent of the market, even though that was our biggest year ever you know, we're on pace right now for a $20 million year. And this will become a $50 million program within three or four years. And it will go on to being a $100 million program. There's no question about it.
1: That's awesome. I definitely want to get more into the future of the program a a, a little bit later on today. Adam, uh, it was cool to hear you describe, you know, just the process and how it works and why it's so cool. And just the idea that you're selling, you're getting people to spend money that they're going to spend anyway. You're just getting them to pick a better option for how they can spend it. That's a higher quality gift. That's a better long-term memory of them. And the idea that you shared that because it's branded, they write it off as advertising versus a client gift. That's just an added bonus that basically for a lot of these high income realtors is sort of having their expense right there. Um, So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. How about Adam, let's talk about you and, and what you feel you brought to be so successful. What were some of your most important success factors to take your business to such a high level?
0: For me, Dan, number one would be definitely just a chip on my shoulder to just to prove myself to myself, to other people. You know, you used to get you know a little bit made fun of for doing the knife thing, right? I'm just going to call it what it is, right? You, hey, you're still doing that knife. Didn't you graduate? You're still doing that knife thing, Right get a little talked down on by your peers, your community. But like I said, similar to this podcast, when you're a competitor, I chose to take that personally, right? In a way where it would motivate myself. And so, you know, I'm like, Hey, okay, cool. You know, we'll see. I'll show you. Right. And so a little bit of that chip on my shoulder, you know, like some people were going back to school to get their MBA or they get some good corporate job and all, all these high accolades and people are like, Adam's still doing the knife thing. And I'm like, you'll see. Right. And so a little bit of that chip on my shoulder of having to prove myself to other people, if, if we're just being honest, right? Perfectly authentic. I'm not saying that's the healthiest motivation long-term, but that's as a young 20-year-old, that definitely worked for me. And then also proving myself to myself. And then also the ability to eliminate distractions. We talked about before this, you were like, hey, make sure you don't have any notifications on uh, your computer or phone in the podcast. And I'm like, don't worry, Dan. I have zero notifications that pop up uh, my phone is in do not disturb mode 24-7. The only person that can call me is my wife. There is not one person that can reach me during the day. Because if you need me and it's an emergency, probably call the police or the ho- go to the hospital, right? Like I'm not I'm not your guy, right? But if you want to set up a call, let's set up a call. But, but most people, most salespeople are living a distraction, right? And your ability to eliminate those distractions and focus on the thing that you need to do Without, I mean, how many salespeople, Dan, do you talk to or DMs? They're recalculating their numbers again this week to see if they can hit their goal for the year versus being an activity. They're like, well, I think if I do this, this or this, and I carry the one here, I can do 500,000. You're like, why aren't you working? Why aren't you booking events? Why aren't you making calls? Why aren't you focused on the thing that it's gonna take to get there? Because when you're so busy in activity doing those things, it starves any fear or self-doubt or recalculation that you need to make to hit that goal, right? You're so busy in activity, cranking out your one thing and you've eliminated all distractions. You're not worried about whether you can do it or whether you can't do it or what the numbers look like. You're just going for the thing that you know you need to do. So if it's a sales rep, it's making calls. If it's a CGC, it's booking more events. If it's a DM, it's probably getting more recruits, right? If it's a DVM, it's getting more DMs, right? So Focusing on that and eliminating distractions and living a life where you're proactive versus reactive. How many times Mm. have you gone into a day and you had two things you really wanted to get done that day and then 6 p.m. rolls around and you realize you didn't even touch those things because all you were doing is reacting to texts and emails all day.
1: Right, it happens to a lot of people.
0: It's happened to me too, right? And that's why I encourage people, try it for 30 days. Take this thing, turn all your notifications off, all of them. The text is going to be there in three and a half hours when you time block a window to go check that, right? Do you really need this thing? Like, do you own this thing or does it own you? That's, that's the real question, right? And so when this thing is dinging at you every time you have an email or your credit card gets charged or you get a text or a call or a DM on Instagram, my argument is that this thing then owns you, right? And you're living a distraction in a reactive life instead of a proactive life where you can get the things done that actually move the ball forward.
1: The concept of owning your phone versus it owning you. That's a great thing that anyone listening can ponder right now, right? Mm-hmm. How often are you living in reaction to a notification that just came in on your phone, a text you just got, an email you just got, versus starting your day and saying, okay, I'm going to focus on this right now for the next one hour, two hours, three hours. Yep. Then yep. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to check and see if I have some texts that are pertinent right now, uh, yep. I'll check my email once in the morning and once in the afternoon yep. and uh, answer those. Yep. But you time block that sort of stuff. And then you also are time blocking the activities that are actually generating results, the activities yep. that are actually leading to what you want in your life. Right. That process, like you followed that process for years to be able to build your business, you know, the yep. way that you did. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. And it oftentimes environment trumps willpower, right? And so the reason I tell people to turn off their notifications, if it's relevant, is because if you want to stop eating candy all the time, you probably shouldn't have it in the pantry. If you're trying to not drink alcohol, you probably shouldn't hang out at bars, right? And so if you're struggling, because this thing, this phone is absolutely an addictive drug. So if you're struggling with that, then set up the environment in a way where you can time block 9 to 11 lead gen. Even my realtor, even our realtor clients, they're supposed to lead gen from 9 to 11 every day. But what happens at 9.15? Some email comes in and they start replying to that. And then it's 9.47, there's another email. All of a sudden they look up at 11 a.m. and they made two lead gen calls instead of the 50 that they had committed to. Now they're out of integrity with their word Now they are also losing a little bit of self-respect, but they're definitely losing trajectory on hitting their goal because they didn't do the main activity to push the ball forward. So again, set up your environment. And sometimes that's relationships. One of my superpowers when I was young is that I wasn't afraid to also eliminate certain relationships that might have been fun for a young guy, but weren't necessarily productive for where I wanted to go, right? And so sometimes you have to look at your relationships, too, and say, hey, I love that person. But is that somebody I need to be hanging out with every weekend? Is that somebody I need to be involved with while I'm going for this big goal? Right? And so sometimes it's addition by subtraction, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, on the note of relationships, somebody once taught me about the difference between growth relationships and maintenance relationships. And that, you know, we all, like you said, we have people in our life that are, they're important to us. They mean something to us. We want to keep that relationship going, but it's not a relationship that's growing us for the future. And therefore it should be prioritized a little bit differently than one that is truly a growth relationship that's helping us move forward in our life. That's the, the best explanation I've heard of that, that concept of, uh, you know, considering our relationships.
0: I love that. And it's a little less heartless than being like, oh, I'm going to cut that person off. Right. <laughs> All together. So I like you have two different categories. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Adam, if you're, if you're describing to somebody, you know, what makes CGC such a great opportunity, you've referenced a few of the things. C- could you sort of summarize what you feel like makes the CGC uh, opportunity such a great thing that people should be looking at and considering?
0: So, you know, again, it's, what we've really done with CGC is it's the way that we've turned Cutco into a consumable, right? Mm. So if I sell a realtor 15 15 clubmates or 25 sheer favorites or a loan officer buys 50 spreaders and they run out and they need more, right? Our average order is $1,100. It's basically a homemaker, but they're repurchasing that every six to 12 months. Now we got something, right? So again, that's really the beautiful thing is that you don't necessarily have to trade time for money forever, because of the residual nature uh, of the fact that the lifetime value of each client's higher. Because if I sell you a signature set, sure, maybe you buy some cheese knives for your daughter and your son-in-law later, but you're not really buying fourteen hundred bucks a year from from me over ten years. But if you do that, now your lifetime value is fourteen thousand dollars, and that's a small realtor client, right? We have I have loan officers that order five hundred spreaders a year, right? And so the lifetime value of the client becomes higher because they're using Cutco as a consumable instead of it as something that they keep forever. And the beautiful way this program has evolved, Dan, is that now it's really just a layer for most of our CSPs. So what do I mean by that? Back in the day when I started, this was a 40 to 50 hour a week job, nine to five, five days a week. You were a CGC or you were a fair and show rep or that, that was it. You weren't doing them both typically. You would transition from one to the other slowly, but you weren't doing both. That's changed, right? Not even pre- before COVID, we're not doing all of our appointments in person. We used to, have to do 15 to 20 in-person appointments a week. But now the way that we do it, we speak at a couple sales meetings, we collect leads and cards, and then we set up uh, one-on-ones virtually like this with people that are interested. Our, our pitch is only seven minutes long. The one-on-one takes 15 minutes. So you can do a sales meeting and eight one-to-ones, even if you only have four hours a week to work. So 13 of the top 22 CSPs last year, which is 60% of the top 22 elite CSPs, got over 70% of their CPO for the year from their CGC layer. Mm. So Fortino is a perfect example. Number one rep, 865,000. Let's break that down. 600,000 of that was CGC sales. Of that 600,000, 430,000 was reorder business. And she just started five years ago. So, you can build this quick if you're hungry, right? But Chelsea Bay, I mean, there's a lot, Lindsey Musser, or Eric Gilman, there's a lot of examples of people. Some of those people are 100% CGC, but we have a lot of reps that they're, you know, 30%, 50%. But on average, out of the top 22 elite CSPs, they got over 60% of their revenue for the year came from their CGC layer. And so that's the cool thing is that you can layer this in, whereas in 07, 08, even till, through 2012, really. There, you couldn't use this as a layer. You know, now, if you're looking as a DM to make some money in the fall, or even if you're a new rep, there's no minimum anymore. We got rid of the 100000 You used to have to sell $100,000 to apply to become a CGC. Not anymore, right? Because we have so much empty territory to fill, right? I was talking to you before the podcast. I'm like, we have areas like Toronto, 6 million people. 15% of Canada's population. We don't have a CGC there, right? New Mexico, we don't have a CGC there. Las Vegas, 3 million people. We don't have a C- We have so much empty space that we're like, why are we making people get to 100,000? We have professional people that can come and do this right now. This is B2B selling. And it's it's really more of selling a branding concept than it is a product. We don't need to wait for our reps to get to 100,000. So the best success story last year, Dan, was Sarah Ship. So Sarah Ship was sent my way by Dan S- Dan Espigard. One of the top DBMs in the company. She was at 27,000 in residential sales, only 18 years old. Okay, so super young. This is not really looked at as the college opportunity. And she goes to Princeton, the Princeton University in Juilliard. And, you know, he's like, hey, I think she's going to be really good at this. So, sure enough, we push her through. She becomes a CGC. And from the middle of September through the end of December, so in about four months, she sold 75,000 in CGC CPO. And she's still doing it this year because she took a year off Princeton. She didn't want to go to Princeton virtually because of COVID. And now she's doing CGC until September when she goes back to school. And her plan is to have 250 clients so she can pay her tuition, which is pretty expensive at Princeton through the reorder business that comes in. Wow. So this has evolved into something much different than it was back in 07, 08.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and the gateway for most people is not to try to do this on their own but it's to join one of what are called the CGC teams that we have nationwide, right?
0: Yes. So if we do push you through before you add 100,000 in residential Cutco sales, you actually have to join a team. But it's actually in your best interest anyway, because when you join a team, you get a team leader that mentors you and you also get back-end support. So to build a reorder business, it's not just like you sell somebody gifts and then magically reorder start to fly in. You got to text those clients, you got to do orientation calls to those clients, they need invoices, engraving instructions, ETAs. You got to call them for the reorder. A there, there's a lot of service, email specials, there's a lot of stuff that happens on the back end to produce. We had multiple CGCs do over 3 and 400,000 in reorders last year, but that's intentional through back end systems, service support and marketing. And as a team member, you get to plug into you know my team, or Tony's team, or Eric Chandler's team, or Kristen Stayback. These people that have been in the business for five, six, seven, ten, fifteen years, and you get to plug right into their systems at a split, and you never even have to learn how to do it. So you never have to hire an assistant. You never have to figure it out. You just plug right in. So like Sarah Ship, when she goes back to school in Princeton in the fall, you know Tony, her, the Tony team will be managing her back end. So she can fully focus. She's in, you know, Juilliard and Princeton, and she's got a full. I mean, sings amazing. You know, just busy. Going to be busy when she goes back to school. Those reorders will be produced for her because she's on a team.
1: Yeah. So with the team arrangement, uh, what percent does the rep get? What percent does the team get?
0: Great question. So it's typically a thirty-five-fifteen split.
1: Thirty-five-fifteen. So the rep on the team program is yep. getting. 70% of what they would have gotten if they tried to do this by themselves but they're literally doing about half of the work yep. just the very front end part uh, to generate the initial business right. and all the back end stuff really truly amounts to a huge amount of the work and the team is just getting 30% of the of the revenue altogether right 15% commission meaning yeah. 30 30% of the revenue Got it. it, it that, that, see, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. If you know anything about to the structure of like real estate agents, if you're a real estate agent at Coal Banker, that's a typical split 70 30, 60 40, 80 20. The brokerage has to get something just to cover overhead. There's not really a lot of profit for the team leader. Like Tony has a lot of employees. So most of the reps are on the Tony team. If you're on the Tony team, Tony's making a very small margin. But your upside is huge because the rep is going to pay that 15% out to do that on their own anyways, because they have to hire the assistant, train the right. assistant, pay the assistant. Oh, whoops, the assistant left after eight months. Now we got to hire, train and retain somebody new. Oh, they messed up three months worth of engraving instructions. Now I got to pay for all those orders while I'm trying to hire a new assistant. And then what's happening this whole time, Dan, they're not, are they focused on what they should be doing of booking events? No, no because because the kitchen's on fire. So they stop doing the dishes. So the opportunity cost on their time, focus, and energy alone is worth that 15%. Right.
1: And I, I can say from personal experience, having watched multiple people attempt to implement the CGC program on their own, that it's not a recipe for success. Uh, yeah. Implementing the CGC program through the team system is the formula that is working for so many people all across the country. And as you referenced, we have a a cadre of great CGC team leaders. So it's not just Tony and you anymore. There's a whole whole bunch of other great CGC team leaders that are doing awesome work to help people to build this.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It it is the path of least resistance because all the years of marketing and service and support and back-end, that took years to figure out and put... You get to plug right into that. That's a no, it's a no brainer.
1: Yeah. And the program has grown year over year these last few years, even in 2020.
0: Yeah. So in 2020, we grew $2.5 million. We grew about 23%, and we broke our all time record uh, by a million dollars. So 2020 was our biggest year ever. So not only were our CGCs Working less because everything was virtual, right? So, less driving, less paying for lunch, or, or the overhead has never been less, but the profit was way more because revenue also went up exponentially. Sure, we did get a little bit lucky as well, right? Because uh, residential real estate and loans, that was deemed an essential business by the U.S. government, right? So, our loan officers, not only were they not off during COVID, they requ- the banks were required to be open. Loans were being closed day in and day out, right? And so, the fact that Not every recession has a real estate recession. Like three of the last five recessions did not include a real estate recession. The real estate market is red hot. The mortgage market is red hot, right? Fed's keeping rates low through 2023 at least and probably gonna go longer than that, right? So it's a great time to buy because the borrow money at two and a half or 3% is like cost of inflation money, but also a great time to sell because asset prices are high, right? Inventory is low and rates are low. So we have a red hot real estate market Right, we also have a preeminent product and a superior value proposition. Right, in Cutco, so we have a preeminent product, superior value proposition, mixed with a red-hot real estate and mortgage market. And when you mix those two things together, we were really positioned in a very good place. Plus, the fact that Cutco is made in America, right, and in the COVID environment, that became a selling point in a lot of places. And also the fact that our number one objection to overcome for years, Dan, is that my clients don't cook. My clients go out all the time, they don't eat in, or I'm not gonna do closing gifts, I'm gonna spend that money on client appreciation parties. Parties went away, right? Clients, they weren't eating out as much. So like we did, I would be lying to say that luck played no role. So we definitely had a little element of luck there with American made, people are eating in more, just all of the, like some of the reasons why people didn't buy before are the reason that they bought now, right? And the fact that we could do more sales appointments because everything was virtual, Uh, Positioned us to really explode. But it really started in Vegas in 2020. We had over 100 CGCs at our annual summit, which is our biggest ever by 35 people. Okay. And the culture that we created is one of sharing and giving and helping each other. So when COVID hit us in March and April, back to back, we had our two worst sales months ever in history. We sold like 400 grand uh, in April. That was our worst sales month in the history of the CGC program. And what happened is our community came together and it all started figuring out, Hey, how can we evolve our pitch? Hey, how can we get into these offices without like, how can we create a new business model similar to what the DMS and the other CSPs did. But if we didn't have that culture, that base of people helping and caring about each other, which we did not have in 2015, which is why CGC sales went down from 2016 to 2018. But because of that culture and that base of people, and we had each other's back. We were able to come together after getting hit in the face by COVID and have three of our biggest months ever. We had four of our biggest sales weeks and then our biggest week uh, ever in history. And the momentum is continuing through this year. Uh, we're up 70, 72% over what we did uh, in 2020. And we're really pacing for our first $20 million a year.
1: Awesome. And what do you see down the road?
0: This is inevitably beca- going to become a $50 million program in the next three to five years. And we see it becoming a hundred million dollar program. That's always what it should have done. Uh, a lot of people forget, Dan, that this you won't forget. But this program actually produced the first ever million dollar rep. The first ever million dollar rep was Gon Stravino in twenty fifteen. Hundred percent of that was CGC CPO that he sold to realtors that he sold from his CPO couch, and then everybody forgot about it. Right? It was like wild that it didn't catch on. That like this guy who that was his second year being a CGC came and did. A bigger year than John Rule and anybody ever in the history of our company, a million dollars, and everybody forgot, right? And now here we are coming back to it. And we are going to have we had multiple CGCs do over 700,000, Bonnie Fast, Jenny Vega, gianna Scortino, et cetera. We're gonna have multiple CGCs this year. The number one horsey, Russ Wimbra, make a note of it now, is gonna do 1.2 million this year, but we're gonna have multiple CGCs ship over a million dollars this year which is gonna put us back on the map and really back on the pace that we should have kept going in 2015 when we lost some key people and had a little bit of a culture shift to the negative. And now we're getting back on that track and pushing forward more and more. And once we start to fill some of these empty territories and start selling to mortgage brokers, which I'll talk about here in a second, it's gonna become a $100 million program. Because even like Jenny Vega was number one CGC last year in overall CGC CPO, she did uh, over 700,000. She doesn't really have many lenders. So if she just had you know 400 loan officers in Phoenix ordering from her too, she would have done well over a million bucks. So this is still, again, in Cutco terms, Dan, you know, this is still a new program. We just rolled it out in 07. I mean, we've been around for 13 years. How long has the management opportunity been around for? So we're just getting going with this thing.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Awesome to see. And, and does opportunity exist in every... Nook and cranny of the United States and Canada right now, like wherever somebody is, is there opportunity for them?
0: Every single area. We have a bunch of CGCs in Los Angeles. We have seven qualified CGCs in Minneapolis and Dane's division. So you know you're talking about if there's a metro area that's large enough, you can have 10 CGCs there and not get to all the business. So if you have an area like Las Vegas with 2.7 million people, you have about 30,000 realtors and about another 10,000 loan officers. Right. So you have so much business to get to. We can't get to it all. And they're recruiting more realtors and loan officers into the business than we can get onto our program because they're always bringing new people in. And so not only do we have a lot of empty space, but we absolutely, I mean, look at Seattle. So in Seattle last year, one of the best areas in North America by far, we sold 40 orders. We sold 40 grand in CGC CPO. We sold like a couple million bucks in Los Angeles. Like we sold 40 grand in Seattle. So we have a lot, and we didn't even get to everything in LA because even Deanna Scortino doesn't have five or 600 loan officers because loan officers are the forgotten clients right now. Right? So we were talking about Christopher George earlier. So CMG, they're one of the biggest mortgage companies in the country, placed their first order last year. Phil George, his son placed that. But loan officers love this program just as much as realtors because it's an easy system in place. Right? Realtors might do 10, 15, 20 house sales a year if they're kind of average, but even an average loan officer, they're selling, they're doing 50 loans a year. That's a loan every single week. You don't have time to think about what to get each person. Well, every client eats food every day, right? So this is a universally applicable gift. Loan officers love being able to plug into a system and their orders are bigger. Instead of 15 clubmates, they're ordering 50 spreaders or 100 trimmers. And they do it indefinitely because it's so much better than what they were doing with gift cards or address stampers or whatever. And it's just an easy system in place. And so again, most of our CGCs haven't even started on their mortgage layer yet, just because they haven't gotten to that level because realtors are a little bit more of the low hanging fruit. So one of the other things I'm most excited about is as we start to really dig into with, with the mortgage business, especially with rates being low. Uh, as they are through 2023. People are refinancing, people are purchasing. Loan officers are our best lifetime value clients. Above realtors, there's just more realtors, so they're a little bit lower hanging fruit.
1: Yeah, so cool to hear. So much great stuff, so much potential. If anybody listening is thinking, hey, I'm interested in learning more about this, what is the first step for them to follow?
0: Yeah, first thing to do is to apply. So again, the $100,000 minimum is gone. So talk to your DVM first. That's step one. If you're interested in this, again, similar to like Sarah Shipp I was talking about or Russ Wimbra, who just came back in the business two years ago is going to sell over a million bucks this year. First thing to do is ask your DVM, right? Because maybe you're going to open a branch or go DM, or maybe you're going to do fairs and shows or federal, or there's so many great programs that it's not just CGC, right? So... Talk to your DVM and see if this is right for you. This is different than selling Cutco. We're selling a branding concept to business people. This is B2B. It's just different. So again, it's a great opportunity, in my opinion, for pretty much everybody. But talk with your DVM first. If they think that you're a fit, they will then allow you to apply to become a CGC. If you're under 100,000, you'll get added to a team. Generally, it's the Tony team. And then we get you a kit and you're off and running. The cool thing is that I'm the national trainer. So I run a training call every single week where we train all the CGCs. So we never had that in place before either, Dan. That's why I say like, the first 150 million we sold in this program was kind of by accident. There was no trainer. There was no training. There was like one meeting a year. It was just kind of an afterthought, right? We're getting organized now. And so we have national training. We can get you on a team. We get you your kit. We have training for you to watch. And then we line you up with the team leader or you can have access to me. If you choose and you're over 100000 you don't want to join a team, I personally will help you out. It's something that I love to do. I don't talk to clients anymore. I haven't talked to clients since 2014. And so it's something that I love to do is helping the new CGCs. So still at 34000 bucks for January, despite not talking to clients. But I love helping the new people. And we never had that before. So people would get excited about CGC and they would join and they would just kind of be left to figure it out. And uh, that didn't work out so well.
1: So it sounds like there's a great system in place. Anybody can approach their division manager to be able to see if it's a, a fit for them. But we obviously want to make sure we, we, we're dealing with people who are committed to building this and being in the Cutco business long-term. Mm-hmm. That's a key thing. Really, really great work you've done here, Adam. Congratulations, and it's awesome to see. Um, okay. How about uh, us to wrap this up, Adam? personally what's exciting for you man
0: my wife and I had our first baby four months ago October 5th uh, little penny Ruth sobieski and she is the light of our lives uh it's just the most amazing thing ever right it's something you don't get until you do it and spending time with her is just it makes every day just a joy I was saying this to a couple of my buddies it's like you know a lot of parents think they're there here to teach their kids right but And babies, but what if the opposite were true, right? And so kind of like our buddy Tim Nikolai asked. And so it's like, when you see this baby and they're just pure bliss and joy and just presence and all the good emotions, no anger, no jealousy, no fear, no envy. And they're just pure happiness and smile and just they're there with you. It's just, you learn a lot about how you want to be like, wow, that level of joy and cheerfulness That's possible, right? And sometimes you lose a little bit of that along your road, even sometimes to achiever, right? The the double-edged sword of being a high achiever is sometimes you have to take on a good amount of pain, right? And so sometimes you can lose a little bit of that joy and you get caught up in the achiever trap, which is achieving more just to achieve more just to achieve more. And you don't ever necessarily get to that level of joy and love and happiness and presence that you can get to. Just by achieving more, it becomes kind of an empty pursuit. And when you have a baby, there's something about just their presence alone in that that just brings such a level of love and joy and fulfillment. And watching my wife be a mother and how amazing she is with her, it's just a whole different level of joy that uh, that I didn't know existed. And so that's the roller coaster on right now. This chapter of my life is really for that. You know, sure, I'll achieve some more just by default. That's part of my DNA. But it's not my focus, and uh, my focus is you know the family and uh, and helping CGCs, which is another real avenue of fulfillment because I like watching people push through their limits and get to the next level, and that also brings a level of joy. But uh, but there's nothing like having a baby in the house, and uh, you know my wife and our baby is just it's the best thing in my life.
1: So cool to hear, Adam. I'm really proud of all your success. I'm really happy for you. And I feel like you've given a ton of value to our audience today. I really appreciate having you as a guest on the podcast, man. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks for having me, Dan.
1: Adam Sobieski. Holy wow. There are so many great nuggets that came out of that. Just great to hear about the evolution of the CGC or Closing Gift Consultant program in Cutco, turning Cutco into a consumable. Creating that residual nature for people who are committed to being in the business long term, and that the average order is $1,100. This could be a layer for current Cutco sales professionals. This could be a new opportunity for somebody who feels like they want to be involved in the Cutco business long term and and are committed to it. And uh, just so many additional opportunities that uh, come along with the lifestyle of the CGC. Business. Adam said, Your battle today is for self respect. Right? Are you following through on what you promise to yourself? Not just what you promise to others, but the commitments you make, the goals you set, the life that you've decided you want to build. Are you acting in a way that is moving you in that direction every day? Adam said, environment trumps willpower and putting yourself in a position where it's easier to succeed. There's so many things that we could talk about that apply to that. And then, of course, remembering why you are doing what you're doing. Adam's greatest why right now is his family, his wife and daughter, that presence he talked about with a little kid, the joy, the love, the happiness that they exhibit, right? That's why we're doing what we're doing. We want to be able to have lives of joy and happiness and love and presence with the most important people and the most important things, right? That's why we work hard to be able to create this lifestyle, right? So keeping that in mind is a key element of success as well. I love that Adam mentioned that there at the end. So many great nuggets. I really appreciate the value that Adam Sobieski brought to the podcast today. And I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Located in Adams, hometown of San Diego, is one of our podcast sponsors, Organifi, which is the cut co of superfood blends. If getting and staying healthy is part of winning your day, you should try Organifi. Their green juice blend is made with 11 all-natural organic superfoods. You just mix it with water when you're ready to drink. You can check out the full line of their products at Organifi.com. That's Com. You get 15% off everything that they carry by using the discount code CLSK. Try out something from Organifi today by visiting Organifi.com. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com deals. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast.